All right, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for uh, today. Thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord. Um, there's a lot of things we need to pray about, we should pray about, we want to pray about, uh, we need to be doing, we need to be uh, just focused, we need to do all those things, but Lord, we just need to be uh, thankful uh, for Jesus and for what you're doing in our lives and um, for the constant that we have in the Word of God that we can hold in our hands. And uh, it seems like everything else in the world is changing and shifting and uh, there's always traumatic things happening. There's always glorious things happening. You know, there's people getting married. There's, you know, babies being born. There's just all kinds of things. Uh, you know, people are passing away. And the, the only thing that we have that is constant and that is real uh, is the Word of God. And so, Lord, I do pray that we would be serious about it, um, not just in the fact that we know we need to read it, but be serious about actually obeying it and actually doing our part uh, in uh, what you've called us to do. Um, so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today as we get back into the family life study and that you would uh, just take some of these very practical things and allow us to apply them to our lives and um, just really be doing what you've called us to do uh, individually. So, uh, Lord, I do pray for uh, the Amons and uh, pray for Jared and Emily and I pray for his uh, stepdad and the details. And, Lord, we know you've got a purpose in everything. And so we do just pray that uh, you would just reveal yourself through the situation. We do praise you for uh, just uh, the new baby and the Bonson family, and we do uh, just praise you for uh, even in tough circumstances, things going well with that, and uh, just all the things that are happening, Lord, we just uh, praise you uh, and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. One thing I forgot to mention, if you guys know Jeremy and Annabeth Bonison, uh, they did not have a baby, but their oldest son did have another one, uh, uh, and so yeah, uh, Taylor, Amanda had their, I think it was their third, uh, but, uh, third girl. Like? Yeah. <laughs> third girl. <laughs> the, I'm sorry. The look that, that she turned and gave you, like, uh, anyway, it was just good. Uh, <laughs> it's just really funny. I don't know. It was, <clears throat> anyway, sorry. Just all at once. Um, so yeah, uh, she was born pretty early, and so she was in the NICU for uh, some hours, but things are going well, and so praise the Lord, God's got it all figured out. So, okay, we're, uh, we've been bouncing around a lot lately. Last year we kind of did a reset, a, a review, just kind of a let's figure out. We've done like six different sub-studies on our main, where we're headed, and we need to get back to where we're, where we're headed, right? And sometimes it's just easy to, not that they were bad things, but it's easy to like, I'll just be, I'll be honest with you. I, I see a squirrel and I'm like, oh, well, look at that, right? And the next thing I know, I'm completely turned around going the other way and, and, you know, they were, they were good squirrels. They were godly squirrels and we were, we were doing that, but it's like, okay, we need to get back to what God really put on my heart. And so we're going through this, uh, what I'm calling, and I guess I'm just going to keep calling it that because I never did come up with a nice clever name for it, the family life study. Uh, and basically what the family life study is, is, um, Basically, we're going to get into the book of Jonah. That's the end goal. And uh, I want to know as we get into the book of Jonah, uh, because we know that God told Jonah, hey, this is what I want you to do. And he was like, yeah, I'm not really sure about that. And we see how that turned out in, uh, in Jonah's life. You can't be texting me while I'm teaching and like blows up my watch. And anyway, uh, yeah, it's all good. Uh, and so it kind of made me think. And there were some other circumstances. I kind of wanted to do this anyway in a different way, but it kind of worked out. So anyway, this family life study um, is basically I took some of the most basic aspects of our life, right? 
and they are uh, as follows, uh, following God, uh, being a spouse, raising children, being involved in ministry, uh, you know, working in the world or even just working at home uh, and social life. And it's easy to uh, feel like the world is just like saying, hey, how are you doing on this area? And you're like, okay, I know I need to be doing this and I know I need to be serving my wife and doing this. And at the same time, I'm supposed to be over here with one foot up in the air and I'm supposed to be uh, serving God and doing this in the ministry. Oh, and at the same time, I'm supposed to be in the word and I'm supposed to be doing this. And you feel like you're just juggling life and you feel like everything's up in the air and uh, you just don't know, not even so much what to do, but where to do it. And it's easy to be like, I just, I give up. I don't know. There's too much. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. And so basically my whole goal was, and it ties all together into just the theme of Passpoint this year, and everyone be and everyone bring. Everyone be what it is that God's telling you to be. Stop trying to be what everybody else is supposed to be and be this and do that and do that. Just be what it is that God's telling you to be and be good at it. So just do that one thing. And then if you feel like you're doing that one thing, okay, then okay, now step out and, and do the next one thing. But everyone be and everyone bring, and you can go back and listen to the whole bring part, but if we would all just pick one person that we want to bring into what God is doing, then we you'd be surprised at uh, how crazy this thing would blow up. And go back and listen to it. I don't have time to really get into the Passpoint theme again. But So anyway, we've been going through this study. And so the point of the study is... What are the basic, now I understand each one of these topics could be year-long topics to talk about, but as far as the basics go of these topics, what are the most basic things that God has told me personally to do? Now I say me personally, I'm not talking about just me, but I meant as a believer, I'm assuming that y'all don't roll in here at you know 9.35 because that's what time I show up sometimes uh, on a Sunday morning when you could show up at 10.30 for church. You don't roll in here because you know, you're know you not a believer. You, you actually are wanting more. You're wanting some practical application for your life that you can take out and, and do something with. And you just got to hurdle the chairs, man. I saw you were like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? I don't know which way to go. No, it's all good. <laughs> it would be more, more awkward if I would have just looked at you and not said anything. So anyway. So just the most basic things. So we've covered two topics. We've covered following God, and I'm pretty sure there was like seven things. Go back. Uh, we reviewed them last week. If you, you can go back and get the podcast or however you want to do that. The, the Just following God. What are the most basic things that I personally must, am I supposed to be doing in following God? Because if you're not doing that first, then none of the other things matter. Notice they're listed in order of importance as far as the biblical structure goes. Okay, so we've looked at following God. We've looked at being a spouse. And go back and look at that. I could have taught... I. My favorite topic to teach in the Bible is marriage. Um, it just, it absolutely is. Anytime anybody asks me to even consider it, it's like, yes, um, I need more time because there's so much. But anyway, we've looked at being a spouse. I gave you, I gave uh, the husbands two things that were just the most practical. I could give you a hundred things, guys. But I gave the husbands two things, I gave the wives two things, and I gave the singles two things. Just the most basic things, right? Do those first. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears and we're going to get into raising children. And I told you guys last week I'm going to, I was going to cover one topic a week, right? And I'm going to get through this. And I, I already decided this morning as I was going through this that it's like, okay, I'm going to take two weeks for this because there's no way I can shove all this into uh, into one week. So we're, this week and next week we're going to cover raising children. Again, I could teach this for six months, right? 
there's so much that goes into it. I'm taking the most basic, <clears throat> the most obvious commands, not the, well, I mean, if you tie this verse and this verse together, it kind of alludes that we should do this. I'm taking, I'm taking the things that are like, you can't miss that. It's black and white. We have to be doing this. And so if you don't have children, praise the Lord. This is one thing that you right now in your life, you don't have to worry about, right? But as I look around the room, there are a lot of people that either have kids, have had kids, or have kids on the way, right? And it's just so it's like, okay, I get it. It's part of life. If you don't, if you're not in that season of life, take a deep breath and be like, okay, whew, I'm going to spend a little bit more time focusing on the first two, right? And then we're going to get into some others. Now, I did give you guys some quote-unquote homework um, for the first two weeks. And I said, go back through and look at the things that we've actually done and be real with yourself and evaluate how am I really doing in these things? Because sometimes it's easy to say, okay, yeah, I need to do that, and I need to do that, and I'm supposed to be doing that. But we, ever don't, we don't really ever do any self-evaluation. And so if you did that, you're a rock star, and I had no purpose for it other than you needed to do it. right? And you might be like, oh, I thought I was supposed to turn that in. and No, but if I wouldn't have made it feel like it was something that was going to be like that, you probably wouldn't have done it. Because if you're like me, you just wouldn't have. And so it's super important that you actually take time to reflect and where am I actually at in this. Okay, so... We got to get going. Okay, so what did God tell me to do? Now, again, yes, I agree that God told me personally to do these things, but you need to ask yourself, what did God tell me to do on the topic of raising children, right? What did he tell me to do? And so here's something that I've learned over, um, you know, around the 15, 16 years. I don't know how long it's been since I got saved. Um, it, it's been a while and uh, been walking through, you know, following God, all those different things, but I've learned that there's three types of Christian parents. Notice that I say Christian parents. There's a lot of types of worldly parents, right? But in general, from watching from afar, from having the opportunity to uh, minister to a lot of families, from having a lot of families in our home, from having, you know, just knowing a lot of people, being around, I've learned personally. Now, these aren't from the Bible, but this is just me, so find out kind of where you fit in, and this is kind of intro to what we're getting to. There's three types of Christian parents. There's uh, one, there's a parent, or there are parents who learn what the Bible says. They look at their life and they're like, oh my gosh, we got we to gotta do something different. This is not how God said to do this. So they look at what the Bible says and they, and they do it. Even when it's hard, even when it's like, I don't know how that's going to happen, even when their kids seem like they're crazy, even when they feel like they're behind schedule on their child training or whatever you want to call it, there's, there's one type of parents. I could list, there's a few that come to my mind just right off the bat that it's just like, I didn't think that would ever work. Not that I, okay, I know it always works, but, you know, knowing those, their kids, it's like, wow, they really took it to heart and they really did something with it, right? And so there's parents who learn what the Bible says and they do it, even when it's hard. There's another type of parents. There's another type of parent who will read every quote unquote book that there is on parenting until they find one that fits them and then they apply the Bible portions when it lines up with their, with their book or whatever else. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, it's, and I'm learning this more and more as I grow, it's good to use outside resources to complement what the Word of God says, right? I, I really personally am growing in this area actively in my life. But if your outside resource doesn't line up with the resource, then you probably should check 
with the source, meaning Christ, and, and evaluate where you're at. So anyway, there's another type of parents too. They'll read everything that's out there, uh, and then they want to find what, what fits them, right? Or what fits their kids. And really, the Bible's what fits all kids, all families, all people. We just have to apply it. And then the third type of parents, uh, of Christian parents, are the ones who I would just say they stick their head in the sand about the need of parenting at all because there's always something else going on. There's always something else more pressing. There's always something bigger, better. I don't know. I've, I've seen people uh, do it with ministry. I've seen people do it with their jobs. I've seen people do it with you fill in the blank. There's three different types of of Christian parents. And this is just my own personal opinion. It has nothing to do with anything. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. So which one are you? Or which one will you be? Or which one were you, I guess, is the question that you need to, to ask yourself. So today, <clears throat> I'm not only going to get into, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get into every detail of parenting, right? Why? Well, because we just had a parenting class on Wednesday nights, like a couple months ago, and the sanctuary was so full that everybody heard it and nobody really needs to hear it, right? It's actually the opposite. There was absolutely nobody there. It was so crazy how many people weren't there. And I know people were listening to it online, but I just guess everybody's got it figured out. So praise the Lord. But this is part of the family life study. Um, and I'm going to be using this in the future. And so I just, this is what we're doing, right? Four things. Here's what you got today. And really we're only going to get to two of them. Four things from the man on how to raise a man of God or woman of God for all you girl dads out there. Yeah. <laughs> Four things from the man, the, not the, the man, Jesus Christ, on how to raise a man of God. Right? I don't claim to uh, have parenting figured out at all. Um, you can look at my kids and see that uh, we've struggled in certain areas and we've done okay in certain areas. Um, I feel like we did the best we could with what we had. Um, not with, I don't mean, because that sounds weird. Uh, our, <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant, yeah. It has nothing to do with our kids itself. We did the best we could with what we knew at the time. Sorry, Brent, that sounded really bad. <laughs> they tried. Yeah. And I, by no means, I think my kids are great. Like I, by no means am I, uh, but I do, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can look back and you will look. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, and even then, we could, we could just start our parent, you're out of your mind. Uh, we could start our parenting journey now. And 20 years later, we would look back and say, I would still do things a little bit differently. So here's what I'm saying. Hindsight's 20-20. And it's easy for parents to be like, man, I really screwed up. I guess I'm just a failure. I guess I'm just a... Okay, there's always an aspect of free will in every person's life. Don't forget that. Um, the same way that you ran from Christ for so many years as he was trying to reach out from you, if you've got a child that's like, I'm out on you and your your church and your Bible and your parenting and all of that, okay, they have free will, so understand that. You, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I could go back and do a lot of things differently. you know. And as you realize the things that you would do differently, go ahead and don't just say, well, I screwed up. Go ahead and start making some changes while the time and make make use of the time that you have left, okay? And so I will say that. Um, but anyway, Paige and I don't have anything figured out. We've seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. Um, with the knowledge that we had at the time, I think we did the best that we could. Um, but that doesn't mean we've got anything figured out. So I'm not up here trying to say, well, if you would just do it like we did it. Okay, that's not the case at all. And I think I would speak for every, not only pastor, but teacher or anybody who gets the opportunity to teach about things like this. Don't try to hold their kids to an accountability that they didn't ask for just because they're the ones who had the opportunity to teach it. Because 
you know, if, if by any means you want to teach this, come on. I would love to sit and hear it. But this is what God told me to teach. So, okay, four things from the man on how to raise a man of God. I got two of them for you today. The first one, it's very black and white. You knew it was coming, and so we might as well start with it. The first thing that you are told to do is to train your children. You've got to train them. Proverbs 22.6. We're going to do a little bouncing around today. I don't usually do a lot of bouncing around because I'm already always short on time. So I try to, you know, just read the verses to you or move on. But if you want to track with me, you can. But I'm going to give you uh, some verses as we go through this. But the first thing that, and I don't say it's the first thing, but one of the four things that God's like, hey, you need to do this. This isn't like a maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. And, you know, even some of the most basic things that you would think, oh, it says that, it, you really have to dig for it, right? Um, you know that the Bible actually only tells uh, mothers to love their children. It never tells the fathers to do that. Interesting enough. Of all the things that the Bible says to love, and really it's not until it gets all the way to the book of Titus before uh, the Bible says uh, that the aged women are supposed to teach the younger women to uh, love their husbands, to love their children, you know. And so it's interesting that some of the things that you think would be in there aren't in there, but some of these types of things, it's like, oh, maybe I should take note because these are the things that God said, this is where my priority is. Now, I don't think there's anybody who has a child and raises a child that doesn't just in and of themselves know that I'm supposed to love this. You can't not love them, right? And and so some of the things are, are black and white, but the first one, you have to train your children. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, again, I just taught the, the child training class, and so I'm not going to try to reteach a bunch of that. I'm really not. It doesn't say... Um, chastise up your child, right? Some people take it too far that way, and it's always correction, correction, correction. We'll get there. Um, it doesn't say, you know, positively uh, positively affirm up your child. Well, if you just use the right words, and you know, it doesn't say any of those types of things. It says train up your children. The Bible is very clear about what it says. You're supposed to train them, right? And so when we talk about child training, again, if you want any kind of, well, we'll get there. Um, when we talk about child training, obedience is the key right? It's all a simple obedience. It's no different than you being a child of God. What does God want you to do? Well, for every person, it's a little bit different. But if you want me to give you an overarching statement that I know is true for every person, he wants you to be obedient. He wants you to say, hey, what did I tell you to do? And did you do it? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You could have been saved for 24 hours. You could be saved for 75 years. You know what God wants from you? He wants for you from you to find out what it is that in that season of life that you're in, what am I supposed to be doing and to actually do it? He just simply wants you to be obedient. Now think about your kids for a minute. If you've got kids at home or if you've had kids and just put yourself in this position. It, if you've got kids, if they were just simply obedient, would life be a little bit different? Right? <laughs> if, if they were just... I don't even know who said it, so I'm not even looking. Uh, if they were just obedient in the things that you ask them to do all the time, right? Because a lot of us have kids that's like, well, for the most part, they are. Uh, but I'm talking about like, if every time you said, hey, will you do this? If every time it was like, hey, uh, can you do the dishes today? If every time you were like, hey, can you take out the trash? If every time you were like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? If every time that you said something, you knew without a question of a doubt, you just knew that obedience was going to be there every time, no matter what. You didn't have to wonder, like, I wonder if this is actually going to happen or, you know, this happens sometimes. Like, hey, can you go pick up your sister from school? And it's like, there's a 50-50 shot she might get picked up today. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so, you know, whatever it is. And so, um, 
if you just knew that obedience was no matter what, I'm not actually talking about Burton this time, so. Uh, <laughs> we like to use real life examples. Hey, I mean, <laughs> we're an open book around here. If you just knew that no matter what they were going to be obedient, would that make your life a little different? Would it make the way that you made decisions a little different? Would it make the way that you, you know, followed and did, would it, would it change the way that, you, yeah, absolutely it would. If you say no, you're lying because it would. Um, because every person has free will and every person has the chance to decide, am I going to or not? Now think about God the Father for a minute. He looks at you and he's like, man, you've been safe for how long? Like how many times do I have to show you to do this? If you would just be obedient every time, we could really get something done here. Oh, well now I don't like the way it sounds because it's talking about me. Obedience is the key. So we want obedience in our children. How do we get it? Well, child training. That's what it, that's what it boils down to. It's child training. I'm not saying you train your children like you train your dog. Some people are like, oh my gosh, the way you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. Child training is simply preparing your child for whatever the situation is going to be before they're put into it. You could be uh, going to a family gathering. You could be going to a, a birthday party where you know it's going to be absolutely crazy. You could be going to you fill in the blank. Uh, you know, in the season of life that we're in, we could be going to uh, a high school dance. We could be going to something like that. And it's like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? And so what do you do? How do you train for that? You have to proactively say, hey, these are some situations that you might run into. There might be kids that are crazy here, Right. At the high school dance and at the birthday party. You know, just in general. There might be, this is a situation you might encounter. What, how are we going to deal with that? If you prepare them for that, if you say, hey, these are our expectations. This is what my expectations are of you. Go back to the example I used when I taught child training was, uh, God put Adam in the garden and Eve, right? And he said, hey, here's a garden. It's really nice here. There's everything that you need here. Everything that you could ever want actually is right here. It's all here. It's for you. You can have all of it. There's one thing that I don't want you to have, right? It's going to be bad for you if you have it. Here it is. Okay. And here's what will happen if you have it, right? If you decide to go and be disobedient, then like, I'm not trying to, I'm just trying to lay out the, the ground rules. Like you can have everything except for this. But if you have this, here's the, here's the repercussion. Adam knew from the get go, right? He knew where the line was. He knew what not to cross. So if your children know where the line is, what the expectation is, then obedience is so much easier from them. No matter what season of life you're in, no matter what part of life you're trying to train, you have to, child training has to be proactive, not reactive. If you wait until the problem is already there, it's really hard to go back and fix it. It's really hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? You just can't do it. It's, 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 it's really hard to go back and like, wow, we really messed up here. It's really hard to go back and say, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, guess what I did? So what do I do now? So if you actively prepare them for whatever it is, the season of life that you're in, right? Child training has to be proactive, not reactive. There's a ton of stuff I want to say, but I'm going to keep moving. Child training, I said this at the, at the class, and some people uh, were like, what? Uh, this is a guarantee from me. I'll even put my stamp on it. Child training works with every child every time. If you do it God's way. Child training will work with every child every time if you do it God's way. Now, does that mean that when they get to an age where they actually get to make their own decisions, they won't choose to go and, and try and see and do? No. Um, 
We understand that. There's even pictures in the Bible of, you know, the prodigal son that had everything given to him and it was done just right. And he was still like, you know what I think I want? Uh, let me go try this out. But you know what he did know? That he had enough training in his life when he was young, enough example in his life that when he was young, that when the world had their way with him, he knew where to come back to. Right? Now, does that mean that we're supposed to just send them out to the world and think, well, when it gets bad enough, they'll come back? No, obviously, that's like worst case scenario. But if you do it right and you do it God's way, there will come a time, even when they're as hard-headed as I was, when they realize, I know where it's safe. I know where I need to go. Right? And so make sure you understand that child training will work with every child every time if you do it God's way. Now, because we got to get moving, uh, there's a lot of resources available on training your children. I'm not going to stand in here and reteach for four or six weeks the child training class. If this is something that you really want uh, some info on, uh, it's fresh on the website. Go and uh, look up. I think it's called child rearing, but uh, because they didn't like my title, how to ne- the art of negotiating with a terrorist. But that's what it's really titled. Uh, anyway, uh, go and listen to it if it's something that you're really into. Uh, it's good stuff. It's straight out of the Word of God. Okay, so you got to train your children. And the next one I want to get to because this one. We all know that one. We all know. Yeah, I'm supposed to train my children. This one here, and there's two more next week. Uh, I'll tell you what they are before we leave. That way you can be prepping for them. But this one we know-ish, but we really fail to do it. We really fail to like follow through. Sometimes you know if I just went to the gym, it's going to make me feel better. But we're like, man, that's really going to be hard to do. Like, it's going to take... It's going to take time, and even if I do go, it's going to hurt. And it's like, is it really going to be worth it? Okay, that's kind of what this one is. Now, I will tell you the, in the end goal, yes, the answer is yes, it will be worth it. But the problem is, we're like, yeah, can I just kind of do it, though? Or better yet, can, can I have somebody else do it for me? And it's still getting done. Uh, we got to train our children. We also have to teach our children. All right, we got to teach our children. We'll teach them what? Right? Well, the world will tell you, well, you need to teach them about, you know, hunting and fishing and loving every day, right? It's a good country song. You gotta teach them all the things, right? You know, how, how to catch fish and how to do all this and, you know, how to do all the things and how to cook some cookies and all of the things and, like, I don't know. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> let me, let me just tell you something. As I've grown, something that I've fallen into the trap of, and I'm going to stop falling into the trap of, is... <laughs> no. <laughs> stop. It, something that we as Christians, I'm not talking about me personally, but me personally, is we fall into this trap of we know that the Bible says to do it this way. But we also know that like, we're not supposed to be conformed to the world, but we do live in the world. And so how do we, how do we kind of do it to where it makes sense to the world, but um, you know, we don't get too like Jesus on everybody or we don't go too Jesus freak on it. And like, I'm kind of tired of that, just in general. I'm kind of tired of the, well, I don't want to seem too much like, you know, 
a churchgoer. I don't want to seem too much like, yeah, you know, like, well, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says, but practically, no, practically, if we would just apply the Bible, we wouldn't have any problems in our lives. Is what it really boils down to. Practically, if we quit sugarcoating everything and saying, yeah, but, and we just did it like God said, then I wouldn't have counseling so many nights of the week. We wouldn't have this going on so often. We wouldn't have that going on so often. We wouldn't have, not that all of those things are bad. Like, those are all good things. You know, uh, all of those things need to happen. But like, if we would just simply say, hey, this is what God said to do, why don't I just freaking do it? Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Why don't I just do it? This is why I don't usually start talking about things that like... Because we're just like, well, well, but... and just This is what it says to do, so do it. We're supposed to teach our children. Teach them about what? Yeah, you want to teach them about how to do those things in the world? That's great. But it better be about the Word of God first. Like, if you're not teaching your kids the Word of God, then what in the world are you freaking doing? What? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I'm just, it's just frustrating because, and I look at my own life. That's why it's frustrating because I look at my own life and for so many years, I'm like, what in the world have I been doing? Like, I, I wonder why things are like they are at times in certain areas. Anyway, God's really... This has nothing to do with y'all. God's really working me personally over on some things. And it's like, wow, I've I've really been the best word that I could come up with. And you guys, hopefully you're not like, yeah, I'm glad you noticed. I've been really immature about some things in my life. Um, and so it's like, all right, it's time to it's time to put the big boy pants on and like, okay, God, this is what we're gonna do. Sounds good. Like, I hope people are on board because if not and me and Paige are going to be going on a march on our own because this is the direction we're going. And uh, hopefully people are willing to follow. Anyway, we got to get through some of this. Uh, you got to teach them about the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.15. You guys should know this verse. We're going to hit this one. And then I've got uh, some verses in the Old Testament that I think really tie this thing together. Somebody get there and read it because I, have, I apparently can't get there fast enough. 2 Timothy 3.15. What? All right, I'm here first. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The first reason why you want to teach your... You might be like, why? Why do I need to teach my children the Bible? Don't we come to church on Sundays? Isn't that what they do in there? Or are they just in there like marching around singing Father Abraham all day? Like surely at some point, you know, surely at some point we're teaching the word. Yeah. Praise the Lord they're getting it from somewhere else, but are they getting it from you? You know, the first reason why you need to teach your children? So that they can eventually get saved. It says right here that from a child they will know the Holy Scriptures. It doesn't mean that from a child they're going to get saved, but it says from a child they will know the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, not through works, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You're going to show them what the Word of God says about things. That way, when they finally get to an age, it's like, wow, the light bulb just turned on and sin really is in my life and I really am separated from God and oh my gosh, what do I do? Oh, oh I know what to do because I've been taught. we got to teach our children. Teach them so they can get saved. Deuteronomy chapter 4. You're like, where? We don't ever go to Deuteronomy. What are we reading in here? Well, because we need to. Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm going to read you some verses. I'm going to go a few minutes over. If you need to leave, I'm sorry. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 4 to 10. It says, But that you did cleave unto the Lord your God and are every, uh, and are, and are alive, 
every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. Know you therefore and do them, talking about the things that God has taught the nation of Israel. Know you therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all nations, which shall hear all these things, all these statutes, and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord your God is in all things that we call upon uh, him for and what nation is there so great that high statutes and judgments so righteous as all the law which i set before you this day verse 9 only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently lest i forget the things which thine eyes have seen and lest they uh, depart from thy heart all the days of thy life but thou shalt teach them thy sons and thy son's sons how far am i going i think that's it but i want to make sure verse 10 Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the God said unto me, Gather me the people, and I will make them to hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and they may teach their children. The second reason we need to teach our children, you need to teach them what God has already done. And Show them the power of what he can do. It's easy to say, well, we need to go to church. Well, why? Well, because when we started going to church, uh, well, that's because of what we're supposed to do. No. Well, we're going to go because when we started going to church, God changed our life, right? Well, how did he do that? Well, there was a time when, you know, mom and I, we really didn't like each other. And, you know, our life was really messed up. And we had a really a lot of things really jacked up. But you know what? When we, when we submitted ourselves to what God was doing... And we actually gave our life to him. You would never believe what happened. And like, wow, I didn't really know that that was part. Yeah, that's the truth. Because the word of God can change you. That's why we teach them. Because it's easy to say, well, because the Bible says so. Well, where does it say it? Well, I don't know. Well, you know what? You might actually, as a parent, have to do some studying to show them. You know, let me just tell you, your kids will know you're a hypocrite before anybody else does. They live with you. They're going to know how much you actually read the word. They're going to know when you say, well, you need to do this. Why? Well, the Bible says so. When was the last time you read it, Dad? When was the last time? Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, I'm just saying, like, what kind of example are you doing? you got to teach them what God has done. Flip over a page or two. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19. Deuteronomy 11, 19. It says, and you shall teach them your children. Again, talking about uh, loving the Lord with all your heart. So in verse 19, you shall teach them your children, speaking of them, when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So, you know, basically, everything that you do should be screaming, I follow Christ. Your kids should know that. Not just when it's easy at church, but like all the time, no matter what. Why do we teach them? Because teach them... Uh, Teach them all the time. Why? Why? Because you got to teach them all the time. One more reference, then we'll be done. Sorry. Psalm seventy-eight, verse three to six. I had a lot to say, but I'm going to skip over a lot of it. I'll give you some references. Uh, Psalm seventy-eight. Verse three to six says. When we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from our children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord, and His strength, and His wonderful works which He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who shall arise and declare them unto their children." 
You know why we need to teach our children? You want to know a reason why? You need to teach them so that they can teach them, so that they can teach them. You realize, now I know, I know we say this, and a lot of times we say it in jest, and we're like, oh yeah, but I don't really believe it. You realize that Christianity is one generation away from being completely gone. Just completely gone. Christianity, as you know it, is one generation away from being completely gone. If you just decide, I'm not going to teach my children. I'm not going to take them to church. It's not really worth it to me. And if everyone else decides the same thing, now obviously you're probably not going to get a time when everyone decides it at once, but that's why generation after generation it gets a little smaller and a little smaller. At some point, we have to be the one who says, I'm not going to allow it. Not in my family. Not today. Right? What does the church say? Not today, Satan. It ain't happening. Not on my watch. I'm going to teach my kids so that they are able to teach their kids. You know what? If they're not going to teach their kids, I'm going to teach my grandkids while i got a time, right? You better be doing it. That's why we do it. Teach them so that they can teach them. Here's some other verses. You can write them down if you want to read them on your own. Uh, you can. If not, uh, I'm, I don't have time to get to them. Genesis 18, 19. Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Psalms chapter 34, verses 11 to 16. You don't have to write these down, just I know some people are, that's why I'm reading them slow. Proverbs 1 8. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. 1 to 13? Yes. Proverbs chapter 4 is the chapter that basically says, Children, listen up to what your parents got to say, right? That's me. That's that's the Jason version. Uh, Proverbs twenty three twenty six. There's others, but that's God's got a lot to say about why are we not teaching our children, and we got something really good to teach them. Now it's great to go and do things and teach your kids all the things, right? You know, you need to teach your kids a trade. You need to teach your kids all of those things, but you need to teach them the Word of God first. Okay, so next week uh, there's two more. Uh, we'll get to them. Bible says, provoke not your children, and the Bible says, correct your children. We'll get to those next week. Let's pray. We'll get out of here. Sorry for going over. Um, my bad. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for loving us, being good to us. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. And I do thank you for the opportunity to uh, raise children if you put that in our life. And uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, the single people who don't have to uh, to have that right now because, man, it is... Uh, it's a blessed time of life when you uh, don't have that extra responsibility. So, Lord, I do pray that you would uh, just send us out this week as lights in a dark world, that you would convict us to be what it is that you called us to be. And, Lord, I do pray for everyone in here that we are already praying and meditating on who it is that you want me to bring. Because, man, if, if, if we don't bring them... It's going to be a really uncomfortable conversation at the judgment seat of Christ because we know who it is you've put on our heart. So why in the world aren't we reaching out to him and inviting him and bringing him with us? So, Lord, I pray that you would just send us out, uh, use us, uh, preach through Pastor Brian today as he preaches to us. Get all the honor and the glory in Christ's name. Amen.